ride a ride. We're here with Mame and Mom. Yes. Well, hi, Mom. Where did you ever, ever come from? You're my mom, so I came from you. Yeah, that is true. That's true. This backhanded compliment changed your whole life. Mame out, man. Well, welcome. Hi, this is Mom from Mame and Moms, and M is not here today. I'm jumping in, but I'm enjoying my time because I can jump in with some friends, and I have a good friend here today visiting with us. Her name is Kim Desiree, and hello, Kim. Hi, Lori. Good to be here. It's so great to have you here. This is wonderful. I haven't talked to you in, oh my God, it's been been a couple of years. I think that we've really touched base. So this is nice. We'll have to have a conversation after the show. But I've learned a lot from you as, you know, you have a lot of knowledge with personal growth and things like that. I'm not even going to get into more about you. I think I'd rather have you describe yourself because that way we can get it correct. And I want to make sure that the audience gets a chance to kind of get to know you. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, um, (laughs) I'm 57 years old and I'm embarking on a new career, a new journey in my life after having a long career as a hairdresser and having a very long career as a alcoholic and as a mother and a person who's been through a lot of things. And I've taken my life full circle. You know that, Lori. I'm completely on the other side of it. And I'm just exploring life now and living my life. I'm on my path. It just, it took a while to get here, but I'm exploring life right now. I'm hoping that all the ladies out there and and guys actually are really listening to what you're saying, because you and I have done a lot of growth together and we've seen some changes amongst us. And I really, I really think that if we didn't have the path that we had, we wouldn't be where we are today, but we had to do the work. So when we're talking about work and growth, you and I were talking about breaking some cycles and a lot of the problems in family is generational. And if you don't break the cycle, it's just going to continue. So we talk about alcohol, we can talk about toxicity, and I'm going to let you jump in because you are really good at talking about this stuff. Okay. Well, a few minutes ago, well, a few seconds ago, I said that I was starting a new career. I went back to school to become a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. And that is actually because of you, Lori. You introduced me to that whole world a while ago. After doing all the work of healing and finding myself, I decided that this was a career that I wanted to go down, excuse me, because I have broke, broken some cycles within my family. I grew up in a family with addiction, alcoholism, narcissism, physical abuse, mental abuse. Um, I was in a family where we weren't wanted, my sister and I, and I lived a life of repeating a lot of patterns and attracting the same kind of people and situations. After a while, it, it just got to the point where I knew that I was the common denominator in all of the dysfunction in my life. And I noticed this, the cycles, it was always the same outcome. No matter how much I tried to do things differently, I always seemed to attract the same patterns in those cycles. So when I did the work after getting sober, I looked at the past and I realized that I was living in a rerun of my family. Everything that my mother went through and my father went through and their beliefs the way they behave, the way they handled their problems is basically what I just kept doing over and over, not knowing it consciously. I just was this, I thought it was who I was. And when I started digging and looking at everything, I started like taking everything apart and go, well, you know, why, why do I attract these kind of people? Or why do I have these beliefs? Why do I think this way? What it boiled down to is because it's what I saw and what I heard. 
what I was told to be, how to be, what to be, the roles that I played as a mother, a wife, a business owner. It was based on what I took in from my youth. And so when I looked at all that and I realized that was the problem, nothing in my life was working, it's because all those things weren't who I really was. And so when I had that aha moment of recognizing the way I was behaving and thinking and acting out had nothing to do with who I really was, it was the past. And I started working on letting it go and deciding what I wanted. That's when my life changed and the pieces of the past started falling away and they didn't haunt me anymore. How did, when did you have that aha moment and where did it come from? How did, how did that work? The aha moments? Yeah. Um, well, my, my life, fell apart. It's been nine years, about nine years ago, Laura, you remember? And I like, I had everything I ever wanted and I was sober and it just blew up. Yeah. And that's when I couldn't understand, like, how did I get here again? How on, how could this happen to me again? And that's when I had to kind of look at like everything that's happened. I'm the common denominator in all of it. And that's when I started going, well, what is it about me that's attracting all this or, or this is happening around me? I didn't understand it. So when I, that was the first aha moment when it has to do with me. <laughs> well, when, I, when I think of myself before I went through my recovery, I think of someone who had no idea there was a problem. Not, I mean, it was completely over my head. Right. And I think of how much I've grown since then. And a lot of times I look at young mothers or young women and I see them going through what I had gone through. It's almost like a car crash or a train wreck. You can just see it coming. Mm -hmm. and you just want to go in there and say, listen, don't do this or don't do that. But it, it seems like we have to, sometimes we have to go through what we go through to get where we need to go. Correct? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Cliche, but it's, it's the truth. Well, it, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird that you say that because when I look at everything that I did and I experienced it, it basically was all the women who were in my life because I had my mom in my life at one point and I lived with my aunt, my grandmother. And I started noticing in my life, certain behaviors came from certain people. And I was like, okay, I act this way. And I remember my grandmother, you know, she was always very nosy. <laughs> and I became very nosy, you know, and I was like an interrogator with my kids. And, you know, I just started seeing parts of myself raising my kids, how the people around me affected me. And, and once I started getting to the point where I started becoming healthy and having boundaries, I started breaking the codependency with my kids. Talk about you know, that a little bit. Codependency with your kids. That's huge. That's probably one of the hardest thing to break. Uh, well, codependency, unless you even know you're in it, it, it like it holds you hostage. Yeah. It, it really does. I mean, I, I wasn't really aware of how bad it was until I started with the boundaries, but actually it was taking psychology classes in school yeah. that even now I'm like, wow, I still have some codependency issues, you know, <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny, but yeah. you know, once I recognized that I, I started working on changing that so that I wasn't still in that same cycle of continuing it with my kids. So what yeah. was, what were you, co what, what were the signs that you were codependent? What were you saying? Well, I, I kept, especially for you know, my older child, cause she's had some mental health issues and she tends to make decisions. And I'm always there thinking I have to save her from herself to the point where I'm sacrificing my own life, my happiness and the other people in my home, my other kids. And that was always, I never realized I was doing that when the kids were younger. And, you know, I was just thinking she's my child. I have to save her. And I, I was trying to save her from what I thought was going to happen to her based on what happened to me as a child and a young adult. And I didn't even give her the chance to have the opportunities or to speak to her in a way 
that would guide her instead of control her. Yeah. And you know, I, I became kind of controlling and it had to be my way and you're going to do it the way I want it done. And if it did, if she didn't, if she didn't live her life, I guess, or make the decisions according to how I thought it was best, it almost became like painful for me, like knots in my stomach, because it was like, you know, I know if she doesn't do it the way I see, cause I know better than she does, she's going to mess it up. And then I'm going to have to clean up the mess that she creates. And I, it, it was just really, really toxic that yeah. the codependency was really toxic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it definitely touches on both of you because I mean, with that, that kind of hurts her self-esteem and confidence, right? She feels like she can't do things because she's always dependent on you. But codependency, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole show in itself. It's huge. Right? Mm. There's two parts to it, co. So, I mean, they both depend on each other to survive that continuing behavior. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought it was, she was an extension of me. You know, and if she doesn't behave a certain way, then it reflects badly on me or I didn't do my job as a parent. And then the guilt I felt that, okay, she's, she's this way and it's my fault. So I need to fix it. And realizing that she's an adult and no matter how much I offer her help or anybody does, it's up to her to want it. And it's not on me and it's not a a reflection of me. And that was kind of hard to see that too. So I was trying to control the whole thing and, um, you know, not good. Yeah. Not good. I mean, it starts right from the beginning. I think of, well, think about it when your kids were little, anytime you saw them hurting, you could feel it. I mean, oh, even still now, if your kids are hurting, you can feel it a hundred times. But I used to see young mothers, like if their kid couldn't get on the cheerleading squad or, you know, the kids didn't want to play with them, whatever, they would try to run in and fix it and make everything better versus letting their child feel consequences of life and, you know, I don't know, sadness or whatever, but you can't save them from all of that. So there's, I mean, but, but when a parent is doing that, what's really happening, they're trying to save their child from how they used to feel. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. It's just, it's a, like somehow it's a reflection on me. That's what I felt. Yeah. It, it recently I had, I had somebody that I care about a lot point out to me how I was making excuses for my older child and her yeah. behavior. Yeah. And I found myself, but you don't understand. You don't understand telling this person and actually getting mad at him. And then when I realized the reason I was getting mad at him, it's like, because he was right. Yes. He was right. I was making excuses and enabling her yes. to behave in a certain way, but I was defending it. So I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And how dare you? You don't know what me and my kid has been through and yeah. all this. But then when I thought about it one day, it dawned on me. I said, my God, I'm mad at him. Cause he's right. And I'm still allowing it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a big aha moment. And when I had that moment of clarity, I actually put my foot down and some things had to take place and they did. And, um, it, it's, it's put a boundary between us and it's much better right now. So yeah, that, that was huge to realize I was defending my own codependency. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. I know, you know, yeah. yeah. You don't want to hear the truth. The truth is ugly. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. Yeah. No. So how did that go? You finally had to put some boundaries down. How did it go with your daughter at first? That must not have been pretty. Um, well, she, we were in a situation, you know, not, I'm not going to get into it, but you know, she was living here. She came here and she was here with her sons and I was helping them out. It, it was apparent that things hadn't changed from the last time she was here. And I was basically being used in, in a way, um, and manipulated. And, um, I finally said, you know, you, you have this many days to find a place to live. And she, she got a place and it was stalling, moving and everything. And I, I 
you know, I did something I couldn't imagine I ever would do, but I sent her an email because I knew she would rebuttal me. And I was like, you have until Saturday, your last day sleeping here. And right away, well, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, nope, you've got blankets. You got brand new carpet in your apartment. The boys can put a tent up and have fun. I bought them a little tent. I said, and you're sleeping there and you can get a U-Haul here and get your stuff out within a couple of weeks, but that's it. And it was so funny because it kept dragging out and dragging out prior to me actually saying that. And then a couple of days later, she had a truck and she moved out. Wow. But it would have just kept stalling and stalling yep. because it was easier. Mom's here, mom's cleaning, mom's taking care of the kids. I was being taken advantage of in a way. So that's that was something when I got called out on it, I, I thought about it. I'm like, wow, this is just going to keep going on until I I have that firm boundary. And yeah, she, um, she turned it right around, got a truck and was out the door. So it went better than I thought. Yeah. And now yeah. she's a stronger woman for it because now she has to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. It's like throwing them out of a bir- the bird out of the baby, you know, out of the nest. It's hard, you know, because you want to do the best, but at what cost? Yeah. I'm not helping her grow up and it's causing problems in me and my relationship and just everything. And it's, it was, it was getting really toxic. So it was, yeah. it was good to do that. We all have, at some point you have to be independent and it's like, I told her I'm here for you. I love you. And I'm always going to be here for you as long as you're helping yourself. Yeah. But when you're not helping yourself and it's a game and you're manipulating and all that, then I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm going to have to keep you on the side side of my life. And that was the first time I really, really did that because for a long time, I've always been there being her cheerleader, trying to save her. And unfortunately she has some, you know, mental health issues. And, but you know, again, if you have them and you're willing to work with them and be treated, that's where I'm at. I want to help, but I'm not going to help enable and uh, have that codependency anymore. Yeah, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. So you broke a cycle. Yes. So which is probably one of the hardest things to do because it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, making changes like that is really scary and not continuing with the norm is scary. But you've been you've been really good about opening up within your own self and looking at things you may want to change or grow and I don't know. I think it would be easier for someone like you, but I think it's really scary for someone who hasn't done a lot of the work because why are they codependent in in the first place? Right. Because there's, Mm -hmm. I said, there's two sides to it. Mm -hmm. And I think of some parents that are very codependent because they can really feel their child's feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, and anytime their child hurts, they actually hurt. So they, they want to keep their child from all of, for any type of pain, because that way they're not going to have to feel the pain themselves. Yeah. So and that's, that's pain. what I did with her. I just, mm-hmm. I just, everything that she happened, I went through it with her all, all those years. And, you know, and I, and I knew honestly what it was like not to have a, a mother. Like I had a mother, but I didn't have a mother. And I never had that support of somebody like having my back and like throwing me a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I was, I didn't want to let my child drown in a way. Right. And that was, you know, it brought, it was my own unresolved stuff that brought into the relationship with my daughter. And that's what kept that codependency going because I have to be there for her to save her because no one saved me. Yeah. But I, I didn't understand the way I was doing it was, you know, creating more problems until I started doing some work and understanding this. And then I look at the cycles in my family with the women in my family, my aunt, my grandmother, the women that I lived with over the years. And my aunt left, left, lived with my grandmother till she was 50 years old. My aunt was 50 years old with her daughter living with my grandmother. 
And my grandmother was taking care of them. I'm like, hmm, where did I see that before? You know, and that, that cycle stuff, you think you have to save and this is what it looks like. You have a child. This is how you take care of them. So recognizing the, the answers, I think, to everything that's going on is in the past. And when you can recognize and make that connection and recognize yourself in all that, that's when you can decide, okay, this is, this is not healthy or it's not mine. It's just what I saw. And I can turn this around and I can figure a different way to deal with my family or my child. You know, and that's what the do, because some people don't even realize that they have any problems, like I was saying. So I know it really stinks to go through pain and, you know, whatever was going on in your life. It really stinks. But sometimes those things, that's what it takes for you to finally wake up and see what's happening. Right. Mm hmm. So yeah. huge, huge. So. All right. Let's just say. I know there's a lot of young mothers that listen to this show. So if you could give a young mother any advice, what would you give them? If I could give them any advice. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I had done an exercise with somebody who was a, a therapist. And um, because of my background, not having the ideal parents, mm -hmm. he helped me create the ideal parents in my mind. Like what would the ideal mother look like and father if they were healthy? And he kind of took me through a journey where I got to kind of create what that looked like. And then I got to be a child again and grow up with them through the conversation. Like, you know, what would a healthy mother have done? You know, would she been home? Would she been in school with you? Would she done field trips? Would they be there for you to support? And I think just looking at what does, a, like for somebody that's a young mother, what does a healthy mother and a healthy family look like in your eyes? And why? Where, where are those pieces that you're not seeing? Or did you not get to experience that? And how do you create that? And, you know, I think for, for me personally, doing the work, I had to learn to reparent myself and meet my own needs to become a whole person. Mm -hmm. So if you're a mother, you have a child that hasn't gone through any of the damage yet. And so if you can catch anything that you've gone through and correct it for yourself and not bring that into your relationship with your child, you're going to bypass some of that stuff of yeah. handing over the codependency and the family drama and all that stuff. So I think being clear on what a healthy mom looks like or a healthy family. Yeah. And why do you, why did, why do you think that? And then uh, look at the areas of your life where you can work on those things that you may not have those skills or qualities. And there's always, I mean, there's so many, the parenting classes, YouTube videos, books on everything. If you want to learn something, it's out there. You can find it, but you have to be looking for it. Absolutely. And you know, every mother, I'm, I'm sorry, if they say that they're not, they're lying. Everyone feels insecure at times. Nobody knows what the heck they're doing. We just do our best. And I do agree. I think the most, one of the most beautiful parts of life is being able to grow. I think without that, it'd be almost boring. You know what I mean? It's growing. It's, you know, it's learning. It's becoming the person that you deserve to be. Mm -hmm. so, but it's doing the work and I don't know, it's very gratifying. It, you know, every it little really time, is. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is gratifying. I mean, even like three years from now, Kim, can you imagine where you're going to be? Well, hopefully I'll be sitting in, off, in an office with my license. <laughs> well, you will if that's what you want. And you Yeah, will. I do. I have a five-year plan. You know me, Lori. I, I like to plan. I have the whole thing planned. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know. I'm sure you yeah. do. And I know no matter what, you're going to be successful, but I'm thinking inwardly. If I was to look at myself three years ago, I am not that person anymore. And I know you could probably say the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And it's so exciting to me to even think about three years from now for you. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna live vicariously through you and enjoy <laughs> your career. I'm, oh my god, this is gonna be so exciting. So you have to make sure you keep contact with me because I want to hear. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, even something like that. This is something you wanted to do for a very long time. Didn't realize you really could. And it's almost like, you know, the sky opened up and all this is happening in the state. And there's a lot of jobs that are opening and funding and all that great stuff. And this is your opportunity to get in there. And here you are. It's, isn't it funny how that works? Well, it, it's, it's, kind of, I don't know, it's kind of funny how it happened. I mean, you remember the journey I was on when yeah. we met. I was, I was, you know, going through a spiritual journey and trying to find myself. And, you know, I was into all kinds of stuff. And um, you know, and I, I kind of was building a business. I was doing retreats and things like that. And, um, I still had the hairdressing on the side cause that's been my, my staple. And, um, it, it was weird, but it was during COVID when COVID happened. Um, and we were, I had COVID, what was it a year or two, a year or two ago. And I, I was actually out of work. I couldn't work because the hairdressing, we were not allowed to work. It was the first time in my life. I, I didn't work and pay, I had, I was like, wow, I can't pay my bills. This is really weird for me. Oh, um, man. and it gave me a chance to kind of just be stuck home and, you know, be, I was sick and I was looking at my life. I really was like, wow, I've done all this stuff. I've accomplished all these things. I've learned so many things, so many random things. And I was like, what do I do with all this? Like, you know, and that's where I kind of really, it was funny. I kind of was like questioning, not God himself, but like, God, why did you allow me to go off on these adventures and learn all these random things? And I'm sitting here and I'm no better off than I was, you know, nine or 10 years ago, except I've learned a lot, but I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. And it was a really weird place to be. Um, You know, and that's when I kind of felt like I had just got fed up with everything because I couldn't do any of my retreats that I booked. I had to cancel everything. So everything I planned was out the window and I'm like, well, you know, what do I do now? And I, what do I do? And it was almost like God said, just let everything go, be patient and take a pause. And I did, I was like, all right, I'm, I canceled everything that I had. I took down my website. I just dumped everything. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like I've been on a wild goose chase. It's not going anywhere. And I couldn't understand why. And, you know, if you remember when I first met you and I, I had that, um, I think it was that show I was doing, I had, I was doing the retreats. It was reclaim your life and become yeah. who you're meant to be. Yeah. Well, that's when it hit me when nine years ago, when everything fell apart and I remember being on my knees crying, like, you know, everything in my life just blew up and crying going, God, I don't want to be her anymore. Mm-hmm. Like being that person that this crap keeps happening, even though I'm sober and, everything. And so when this thing nine years later, you know, play it forward happens and I'm sitting here going, why did I go all through all this? I'm no better off than I was nine years ago, except I'm over my broken heart, but I didn't feel like anything. And that's when it came to me, you know, God speaks to me, speaks to me. I don't know. I hear him. And he's like, nothing worked out because you're not that person anymore. Yeah. And because that person needed all that stuff to work. Yeah. That person had to have all those things work because somehow that was going to fill a void and I would feel like, okay, I've made it. I've accomplished something. It's finally here. I did all this so that I'm whole. And it was like, you don't need any of it because you did the job. You are not her anymore. And I have something better for you. Mm-hmm. So you can let it go. Mm-hmm. And it was like in that moment, I felt peace. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I am going to let it go, which, you know, I'm usually fighting and I'm stubborn. And I let go of my stubbornness. 
I let go of everything. And I was like, all right, I'm going to let it go just like that. And I had people going, what do you mean? You're not going to do any of this work anymore? And I said, no, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to go and cut hair part-time like I've been doing. And I'm doing nothing but just sitting still. And maybe within a month or two, the opportunity came out of nowhere to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I took some tests and they said, you, you know, you, you lean strongly into counseling and then, you know, what area, you know, because I'm a life coach too. And you know, the addiction things that important to me because I'm recovery, my whole family's an addiction. Everybody I know is an addiction. And it just kind of, it, it just kind of unfolded in a way that I can't explain, except I feel like that was the plan for me mm-hmm. and everything that I did learn in the nine years and prior I am using bits and pieces of, oh of those God. things beginning this journey right now. So it, it's really yeah. wild. Yeah. Hands yeah. Down. I can't even, it's almost like, duh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, all the experience that you've had and you were such a good coach, you taught me so much and taking oh, that, oh my God, your clients are so lucky. They are so lucky, Kim. You are going to help so many people. You really yeah. are. Yeah, it, it's yeah, I'm just beginning, you know, I'm working in the rehab right now, um, you yeah. know, part time because I need the hours for school. And it's amazing. I got the job and it's helped me so much in school. I made the dean's list. I was so excited. I was like, wow, I haven't been in school in 40 years. I, I made the dean's list. So did you, put, mm-hmm. did you put your test on the fridge? I hope you did. No, I just got the letter. I opened the letter from the school and okay. I was like, what is this they send me? I thought it was going to be maybe my classes for the fall. And it said, congratulations, you made the Dean's list. I was like, wow. But yeah, it's just, it's all coming together, working there, going to school. But like today, one of the girls that was in the program, she gave me a beautiful painting she painted Aww. and she was somebody that I connected with, you know, we, she had, she was a little tough nut to crack and her and I, we, you know, we get into it. And, you know, at the end of one of the groups I ran, she said to me, I want to be you today. Aww. And I was like, what did you say? She goes, I want to be you today. I think that's the best compliment I ever had. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was in tears. And then she gave me a painting today. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the right place. Oh, and you know, yeah. you and I are the same age. So we can both say, and there's nothing better than empowering a young woman, is there? It's, it it oh just felt so good. So good because so it's good. like you have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. You know, she was a beautiful girl and, you know, she, she has her issues she's dealing with, but you can, you know, you just can see that light in some people and you just yeah. know they just need that guidance and they just need, you know, some, some compassion and, um, you know, it, it's, it's rewarding. It is. It's, it's nice to be able to take what I know and talk to them in a way that they can go, Oh, you understand me. Yeah. You, you've already been through it. So, you know, cause sometimes, you know, you never really share your story unless there's a reason for it. I don't walk around talking about my story, but when I know it can make a point or, or, you know, help somebody and they'll, they look kind of look at you funny, like that stuff happened to you. You did this. And I'm like, I know I look like a prissy, a prissy old, older woman. Now, you know what my, <laughs> I said, yeah, I was, I was wobbling crazy back in the day. Yeah. I, I get it. And you can look where I'm at now. And they're kind of like, Oh, okay. So you know, cause you know, you know, when you're in your story, your war story, it's like, oh, my war story. You don't understand. It's like, oh, yes, I do. Oh, I do. That's understand. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Topic, but I won't know. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, you think that's something, lady. You have no idea. No, just kidding. Yeah. But it's just all people that are hurt. You know, they're hurt. That's all. And they're, they're broken. And, you know, we all are. But we don't have to be. No, we don't have to be. So it's just, it's having faith in yourself. And I always say all it takes is really one person. If you feel like you don't have anyone to believe in you, Kim and I believe in you, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyone mm-hmm. that needs to have a little lift up, we are here for you. Absolutely. 
Oh, Kim, I am so, I'm just so blown away. I am so excited to hear how well you're doing. And, oh, and I can't even tell you how excited I am to know how many lives you're going to touch. Just knowing that. Just knowing. I I love it. I love it. I'm so, I'm embracing this whole new change in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just taking it all in and listening, asking questions. And, you know, they, they move me around to all the different units at the rehab and yeah. And then the schooling piece, I'm learning a lot with the school and networking and yeah, yeah. And not, no, yeah, no matter how old you are, you can still learn and you can still grow. So any woman that age that are listening or men or anyone, just remember that because I don't know, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. It's fun to grow and learn new things, isn't it? It um, is. I mean, I've wanted to do, do this my whole life, go to school and I'm 57 years old going to, going to college. Yeah. And I took in the whole thing, Lori. I signed up for school. I even did in, in-person classes. I had my school bags. I was the first person to class. I never missed a class. I sat up front. I raised my hand. Yeah. I even wore the sweatshirts. I dressed the part. My coffee in the morning and I go in there. And I, I, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm finally having this experience. And, you know, this is how it would have felt when I was 20 when I should have gone. And I'm like, you know, don't let age or a number hold you back. Say, oh, I'm old. I can't do that because wow. it's just a number. I mean, you might look in the mirror, you might be older, but inside I still feel like the person I've always been. Like, I don't feel 57. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But go yeah. after your dreams and. At any. I don't want to yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who wants to lay back on their deathbed and go, I wish I would have. Absolutely. I don't want to have any regret. I I wasted enough of my life being traumatized or whatever because of how I grew up. But at some point, it's like I I owned it. I'm like, all right, I'm tired of this. I took that old suit off and I found out who I was. And now I'm living my life and I'm glad I did. But you know how many people actually don't do that? They go their whole life thrown through the motion, but they're not, they don't get to experience who they are and and have that feeling of I can do anything I want. Yeah. You know, and I can, I can be what I want and I don't, no one can tell me, no, you can't do that. You can't go to school. You can't, it's like, I'm going to do it. You yeah. know, as long as I'm not harming anybody, why, why would you tell somebody you can't do that? Yeah. And you're taking care of yourself. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Well, I'm, thank you so much for coming on. It was great. Good excuse to kind of reconnect and hear how you're doing. So that's great. I'll have to have you on soon to make sure that I get to talk to you again, but I'll call you. Yeah, that was excited. Yeah. So anyway, I want to put a good thanks out there to our sponsor, which is New Hampshire Made Moms. Without them, we would not have our beautiful attire and their wonderful support to us. So thank you very much, New Hampshire Made Moms. And anyway, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much. And let's definitely talk soon. You take care. I would love that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was great. It was, it was enjoyable to see you and uh, hear you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, this is Emily from Maim and Mom. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It comes out every Monday. Music by Farad Aziz of Wiki Games. Sponsored by New Hampshire Made Moms. Write in listener questions to maimandmom at gmail.com. Us or probably one of our dogs will respond with feedback. Mame out.